if in doubt, ask. Uh, as long as you ask professionally and courteously, there's no harm in asking. And I've, I've just encountered so many situations in my life where I've said no to myself, essentially, and where I didn't go pursue something because I told myself no. And quite often when I did decide to ask for it, and finally, those few times that I got up the courage and said, you know what, I am going to ask, I was almost always pleasantly surprised. Negotiating salary doesn't have to be daunting. You can find plenty of salary data online, but what about the old rules about who mentions salary first and when? And is it okay to go to your current boss just to ask for a raise? Hi, this is Diana O'Leary with Job Talk Weekly. Today we talk with career expert Byron Clark of Career Sidekick about these questions and we get advice on how to negotiate salary. And don't forget, let us know your career questions and the topics you want to hear. You can send us a message on Instagram or email us at info at jobtalkweekly.com. Okay, let's jump in. Hey, Byron, welcome to Job Talk Weekly. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm excited to talk to you because I feel like the landscape for job candidates is changing, especially when it comes to salary, because there is so much more transparency around what companies are paying. And I think that's not only because of the websites and the data people can find online, but I feel like the younger people today have no problem talking about salary, whereas that topic would have been taboo for my parents. So let's talk about what the candidates should do before they start searching for a job when it comes to thinking about their salary? Sure. Yeah. So I think that even before taking a phone interview with any company and really before applying for jobs, it's worthwhile to go to a few salary websites like salary.com, Payscale, uh, Glassdoor also has a good salary tool. And it's worthwhile to see what the type of role you're looking for pays in your specific city. Uh, that's going to help you prepare to answer questions like, what are your salary expectations? Um, it'll also give you just a, uh, an idea of what type of negotiations might be in front of you. Um, you'll get a sense of whether you're looking at the top end of the market or whether you're honestly looking for just any average salary for the role. And the sooner you know that, the better you can prepare for the process that, that lays ahead. Well, and I think preparation is key because I feel like HR managers are flipping the process or even some small companies. You know, you've said that people sometimes talk about salary a lot earlier on. So people have to kind of be ready even from day one. And I think even if an employer doesn't bring it up, it's, it's really a shame for a job seeker to go hours through an interview process only to find out that the, the role doesn't pay what they needed. So I think it's, it's valuable for you to know how to bring it up, even if the employer doesn't. And it's valuable for you to be comfortable talking about it so that your time doesn't get wasted. Well, let's talk about that because a lot of us were always taught don't raise salary until the end. Don't mention salary until you are extended an offer. But is there a chance or is there an opportunity where candidates might want to raise money before they get the offer? Oh, completely. I, I think there are exceptions to every rule. And this rule that you mentioned of not bringing it up until the end has many exceptions. I think if you're employed right now and looking for another job, then you really don't want to have your time wasted. It's really, it's difficult to set aside time for interviews when you have a job. Um, so that's one case where I think it makes a lot of sense to bring it up early. I did that myself. I can give an example. I was working as a recruiter 
And I stepped into a private little room in that office during lunchtime to take a phone interview. And within five minutes of the start of the call, I said, uh, if you don't mind, uh, salary is not the only thing I'm looking for, but I, I currently am earning XYZ with a bonus of 10%. And I would be looking for some type of increase in order to make a move. Does that fit into what you budgeted for the position? And that way, um, it's a little bit of give and take. I'm not just demanding to know their salary range. Instead, I'm sharing my pay because I felt it was relatively high. I, I didn't feel I had anything to hide in that case. And in that particular situation, the recruiter actually responded to me and said, I think your salary is a little bit too high for this position that I was going to discuss with you. Instead, I have another role. And we ended up talking about that other role. Ah, so that's even better when you can pivot to something that is a little bit higher. So I think that's why getting the research and getting the information, like you said, from the websites and talking to friends, I think is the best thing to do to make sure that you are armed with information because you don't want to make it about yourself either. You want to make it about the market. And the one thing that has also changed for a lot of us here in many of the United States, we have folks who listen from Canada, so I'd be curious to hear from them. But I'm in the state of California, where it is now illegal for an employer to ask about your salary. And there are many other states who also have that new guideline. So people need to search salary disclosure laws for their states to see what the company can or can't ask you, because then at least it protects you. And I think it gives the employee or the candidates a little bit more power these days. Yes. Uh, Know what's allowed and what's not allowed to be asked in your state. And then if you think it's advantageous to share your salary, you can, but you're you're not forced to that way. So you can be the one deciding whether it makes sense to share your current pay or whether you'd like to withhold that. Yeah, yeah. So the power is up to the candidate. So let's get there. Let's say, okay, great, you've got this job offer and it's coming in a little bit lower than you expected. What are some of the tips that you give people for how they can negotiate up? Well, one of the easiest and I think most powerful tips I could give is you can ask an open-ended question. You can say, well, you always want to show gratitude for the offer. So you always want to say, thanks so much. I'm excited that you think I'm a fit for the role. Is there any flexibility in that uh, in that base salary? Right. And then you just stop. You've just asked an open ended question. You don't talk too much. You just stop and you see what they say. So that's one thing that anybody can do. Um, you can also share the research that you've done. You could say, I'm really excited for this offer. I did some research uh, prior to this conversation. And what I found is that this type of role in the city tends to pay between A and B. Uh, I was hoping to be closer to $75,000 rather than 70 on the base salary. Uh, do you have room in your budget to offer 75000 for the base salary and keep everything else in the offer the same? Yeah. And I like what you said there is about the market research, because there is the reality that we need to make a certain amount of money to live the life that we want to. But that's not the employer's problem. But the candidate can come at this with the sense of value that they bring to the role. But they also need some confidence when they have this conversation. Sure. Yeah. And I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that. It's, it's almost never a good idea to bring personal reasons into it. You really want to negotiate with business reasons and, and logic and talk about what you're bringing to the role or what you did for your last company or just simply what you found while looking into the market and what other employers are paying folks similar to you right now. Those are all what I would call logical business reasons. Yeah. Are, are nothing 
with your commute or, yeah. or your cost of groceries or student debt that, that you may have. Yeah. Well, let's talk about commute, though, for a second, because that brings us to the other things that people can negotiate. Salary, of course, is the major part of your compensation, usually. Um, but what other things can people ask for when they're trying to negotiate? Oh, there's so much. I, I really think you should do base salary first. But beyond that, you can talk about the bonus structure. And if the bonus is a certain percentage of your salary, you can negotiate for a higher percentage there. You can ask if they do tuition reimbursement or anything to support you if you want to continue your education while employed. Uh, you can negotiate for a flexible or remote work arrangement like you had, like you just mentioned. What else? There's, there's really so much. It, uh, those are really the big ones that come to mind, but there are, there are certainly others as well. Uh, equity, if you're joining a startup or a growth stage company, you can see if they're, if they're still giving equity to new employees. And that gets a little bit complicated, but it's certainly better to have some than, than none in, in almost all cases. Yeah, it sounds like it's important to start a dialogue here because this is when you get to ask all the questions. You know, they've made you the offer. They're interested in you. You will probably never have more leverage than you do at that moment, even if you work there for five years. So it's good to get these things out on the table. And I'll tell you, once I took a job and it was a lateral move, but it had a lot of great benefits, a much shorter commute, and there were some great reasons to take it. But once I was there for six months, I learned that there was really no merit increase policy. It was just a 2% across the board. So not only was my salary not going to grow at a different pace than I thought, but I didn't feel really great about working for a company that just gave cost of living adjustments across the board because that meant that your worst performer is getting the same as your rock star performer. So I think asking about increase and those types of policies can also be really helpful and important to do it at this time. So there's no surprise. No doubt. I should have mentioned that. That's a, that's a must ask. Must yeah. ask. Oh, well, I learned it the opinion. hard way. It took me years. <laughs> yeah. You can even ask, sometimes you, you can find out at what interval they do performance reviews. And you can even sometimes, if you're not quite, to, if you're not quite able to get everything you wanted during a negotiation, you can sometimes negotiate to have your first performance review and pay increase be in six months rather than 12 I don't think that's the best thing in the world to get. I mean, it's, it's not as solid or tangible as getting $2,000 more in your base salary right now, for example. But you can ask, you know, when will my performance be evaluated? When am I eligible for a raise? And then perhaps you can ask that to happen sooner on the first go around. One yeah. other thing I should have mentioned is health insurance. I just I realized I completely left that out of my list of things you can negotiate. And that's really important if you have a family or you're considering having a family. So always look at the health plan. Make sure you know what you'll be paying there versus your last job. And if that's going to cost you more, you can use that as a reason to ask for a little bit more in the base salary or bonus. Yeah, healthcare insurance is so expensive, especially if you are you know, footing some of the bill. The employer might be paying for some of it, but the cost does go down to the employee at a lot of organizations. So let's talk about accepting the offer or the time. You know, when you get this offer, you know, some people feel like they need to make a decision on the spot. But talk us through the timing that someone can use and can ask for in the negotiation. Sure. I think it's never advisable to accept an offer on the spot. I think the the people who are the most in demand, who, who have companies chasing them, they're never going to do that. So 
So you're almost making yourself look better by saying you'd like some time to consider the offer. And you're giving yourself time, which is really important too. So I'd like, I would recommend saying something to thank them for the offer. Say, thank you. I'm really excited about this offer. I do like to always discuss important decisions like this with my family. And I'd like time to, to read over the fine print and make sure that I have no further questions. Is it all right if I get back to you on Wednesday with my decision? Um, and as far as how many days you can take, I would say a business week is probably the longest if you think you can do it sooner maybe two or three business days mm -hmm. then that's ideal um, if you're going to ask for more than a week you should you should be prepared to give a reason you might say uh, is it all right if i if i get back to you in eight business days because blank but normally you want it to be less than a week yeah, and that's really tough when someone is in the midst of interviewing, because I do agree with you that two to three business days, because at this point, you know, you've done the research, you kind of know where you're going. Um, so I think that is sufficient or up to five business days. But I'm thinking of someone that I was just working with over the summer, and she had about three different irons in the fire. And she got one job offer that was a lot lower than this other company she thought might pay her, but she didn't have the offer from the other company. So how can people approach this if they've got one offer in hand and two or three maybes, but they're not there yet? You know, this is one of my favorite topics and I, I'm glad you brought it up, I'm glad you asked. It's perfectly fine to tell a company that you would like the opportunity to, to see the process through with another employer as well. And what I think you should, you should say something to the effect of, uh, I'm not applying for more positions. I'm not sending my resume out there to try to, to see what else I can get at the last minute. However, I'm already far along in the process with two other employers, and I'd like the opportunity to see that through. And in my job search, I'm looking for the best fit, not just the first position that's offered to me. So I, I would like the chance to evaluate those two positions and just finish that interview process. You can also, if they, if they have any doubt, or if you think there's any doubt on their end, I've found it helpful to also say, listen, I would do the same for, for your firm. If another company had rushed an offer through or if another company had given me a quick offer, I would do the same for you. And I would I would want to finish the process here and find out everything that, that your company is offering with this position as well. Well, that's a and really then, good response. But let me ask you, what about the then? Do you go back to the other company that you're hoping for an offer from, but you don't know yet? Yeah, yeah. I, I would tell them that you have an offer in hand. And you do need to provide a decision sooner than later and then ask them if there's anything they can do to speed their process up. Maybe you can meet with multiple people rather than meeting with one, pe one person on different days. Or maybe they can rush the behind-the-scenes paperwork and, and if it's just a matter of getting an, an offer out to you, they can do that faster too. So tell them. Sometimes there's nothing they can do. Sometimes they'll say, sorry, our timeline is our timeline. But give them the opportunity to move things fast. Yeah, and sometimes that does work. So the other thing I do want to cover, though, are people who are currently employed and they just want to get something a little bit higher in their salary from their current employer. You know, they don't necessarily want to leave because, let's face it, looking for a job is hard and there's never any guarantee that a new job is going to be better. So now that the pandemic has proven that, you know, the employees have a lot more power, I think, than they thought, you know, flexible schedules are possible, remote work is more possible. Let's talk through how someone can approach their current boss to get either more pay or perks or something at their current job and not leave the company. Well, I, I think it's 
very rarely or almost never a good idea to go in with an ultimatum or go out and get yourself an external job offer just to bring it to your boss and try to get a, a counter offer. I don't advise that. What I do think works really well, practically anyone can do, is you can go to your boss and you can essentially say, I'm excited about how the role's going. I think it's going really well. Uh, however, looking, looking at my current work and comparing that to what I was able to produce when I was first hired and when my initial salary was, was determined, I feel I'm producing a lot more now. And you can give examples of that. And then you can ask, uh, I, I wanted to ask, is there any room in the budget for an increase in my base salary to reflect this, uh, this output or this, this new level of work that I'm able to produce here? That's the general idea. Um, you would want to practice a script. And again, that was just off the top of my head, but that's yeah. the general approach that I like. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think the dialogue is important because why not have it now? Why not don't? You don't have to wait for your annual performance review. And hopefully you are engaged in conversations with your boss a little more regularly than once a year. But if you find that you're at the top of the range or for whatever reason the company is not going to budge more than their standard 2 or 3%, that's important information for you to have and for you to have that now. So you are better served then entering the year saying, okay, I know this is what they're going to be able to do. And then you can make a more informed decision to see if that's really the place you want to be. That's such a good point. Hearing no isn't the worst possible outcome, I suppose. Waiting a year for your review and then hearing no or hearing that you get 1%, that would be a much worse yeah. outcome. Yeah, so, at least great. you have information and you can make choices. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Find out if you, I just don't think you should ask for a raise if it's been two months, but if you've been in the job for more than, let's say six to 12 months, six months minimum, then go ask, go find out what they can do if you're, if you're performing well. Well, and a lot of it depends on the company and the job. Let's say you took a job that was brand new and newly created, and so no one had ever served in that job before. I think that's an example of a situation where you could easily go to the boss after six to nine months and say, hey, I'm really having a great time here. This is really working for me. But I just want to let you know that I feel that this job is a little bit different and a little bit more advanced than what we talked about. And therefore, you know, would you consider an adjustment to the salary? I mean, I think there are going to be situations where you can have that within the first year, but yeah, not in the first two months. Bad form. <laughs> I, I completely agree. I like how you phrased that too. Did you say something about adjustment to the salary? Yes, it's adjustment. Do you like that? <laughs> good one. Very, very smooth, very uh, non-confrontational, but very direct, very clear in, in what you're asking. I like it. Yeah. And I also had a good story. Um, there's, I think there are some times when you don't negotiate or it is what it is. And I, I'm curious if you've had a situation like this because I was working with a friend a couple of years ago and she was at a small nonprofit. She made about $50,000 a year and she was interviewing for another company that was a much larger nonprofit. So they had a bigger budget and we knew they'd offer her a little bit more. But I think it was like she was making 50 and she gets the offer and we're all ready for her to, to negotiate. We have all the lines. We have all the bullet points. We have her really prepared. And she gets an offer of like $90,000 a year, <laughs> which at this point, you know, is almost twice as much as what she was making. And she's like, yeah, that's good. I think I'm going to take it. <laughs> so she didn't need to negotiate. So I think there might be some times then, too, when it's OK not to negotiate. But I feel like if you're in a sales role, if you're a fundraiser, if you're in a job where money is part of what you do every day, 
they're going to expect you to come with a little bit of negotiation, don't you think? Yeah, or at least research. I think in your example, if you were making 50 and offered 90 and you think that's a really good, fair offer, then take it. The goal is it should just be get what's fair, just trying to get what's fair. Um, so I think it's okay to not always negotiate, but I don't think it's a good idea to ever go in without research, especially like you said, for a sales role or any data-driven role. If you go in there not knowing what companies are paying folks in general, just on average, then it could lead to a situation where you don't look very good. Yeah, and you don't want that type of bitterness. You know, when you take a new job, you might think that that $90,000 was okay. But then as you see other people, and maybe you start to hear that other people make well over $100,000, then you're not going to feel good about it. So go ahead and take that opportunity to do the research and to try and match yourself up. I mean, there might be a reason why you make less than other people. Maybe you're more junior on the scale. Maybe you don't have all the training or the advanced degrees that other people do. But the only way you're going to know is if you've done a lot of research about this field and what you bring to it and and how you compare. Exactly. And you know, like you you mentioned earlier, all of these states in the U.S. are, or many states in the U.S. are creating these laws now where it's illegal for employers to ask about your former pay. I think because of that, we're going to see more scenarios where job seekers do encounter huge gaps upward in, in their offer. So where more people will be leaving a job that pays 50000 and maybe getting an offer of eighty or 90000 So more job seekers are going to encounter that now that employers can't just ask what you made previously and then ramp that up by 15% or, or whatever they do. So it's good. But yeah, it's, it's happening. It is happening. And I think it's smart because honestly, it can be such a colossal waste of time. Let's be honest for the for the employer and for you if you're not even somewhere in the ballpark of each other's financial needs. So I, I think we're going to get to even more transparency in the future. But I wanted to talk a little bit about working with a third party recruiter. Let's say you're working with a headhunter and they are the middleman between you and this hiring company. And I can see that working both ways because the the recruiter gets a percentage based on your salary. So they're going to want you to get the highest salary possible, but they also want to be done. They want to close your job and move on to the next one so that they can keep working on their next commission that they're going to get. So do you have thoughts about working with a recruiter and, and how to make that work for you? I think it's a complicated issue and you hit the nail on the head where, yes, they will earn more money if they get you more pay or if they get you a higher base salary but at the same time not getting you any offer pays them zero and so if they if they get to a point where you wanted a hundred thousand and they're only able to get you ninety thousand or they think you'll accept ninety thousand and that'll get done quickly they might do that too so up to a point they want you to get every penny you can in the base salary so they get a bigger commission and then everybody wins but it can become more nuanced and you find a recruiter pressuring you or making it sound like you're never going to get another offer or, you know, it's this or nothing. Just be careful of being pressured into a job that isn't the right fit. But in general, they are usually looking out for you and everybody does win if they're able to get you an outstanding offer that's just a no-brainer. Everybody truly does win in that case. Well, and I think the word to watch out for is range. 
range can be a very dangerous subject because you can say, well, I want to give them a reasonable range. So I'll say 100 to 150, but I really want 150 or I want 125. Then that's not your range. Then your range is 125 to 150 or your range is 150 and above. I've just seen that backfire and people need to remember that the minute they put out any number, that is acceptable. Completely. I, I don't even think you should ever give a range to a recruiter because they're just going to hear the bottom. If you say I'm looking at 120 to 130 and 120,000 to 130,000, they're just going to hear, okay, this person would accept 120. And then they're going to tell hiring managers, I think you can get this person at 120. Because again, would they earn a tiny bit more if they get you 130? Sure. But will this deal get closed and they get paid and everything's certain to happen if, if they get you 120? Yes. So... I wouldn't even give a range to a recruiter because you're really just giving them that bottom number. And a lot of recruiters will ask you, they'll, they'll send you with some homework, so to speak. They'll say, listen, I want you to take a night, think about what is the lowest number you'd be willing to accept. <laughs> and then the number where you'd be jumping up and down with joy and you would, uh, we call this the high low. The high number is you'd be jumping up and down with joy and you wouldn't even have to think about it. You'd be so excited to accept it. I want you to think about it tonight and get back to me with those two numbers. And again, I wouldn't give them any range. I would just tell them, you know, listen, the jobs I'm looking at right now seem to pay between X and Y. If the positions that, that you're thinking of referring me for pay somewhere in that range, then I think it makes sense to keep discussing at least. And salary is not the only thing I'm looking for. So I also would be curious to hear about what I'll be learning on the job, what type of challenges are available and everything else. That way you avoid giving them a, a low number. Don't ever give them that low number. No, but go ahead and think through. That's a good point, Byron, that you talked about the learning on the job or the training. Sometimes people take a lateral move so that they can get a particular type of training, so that they can get some type of exposure. And I think it's reasonable to put a price tag on that, your own internal price tag. Like, I'm going to make this lateral move because I get to work in this industry or get to work on this project that I've never had before. But then I think the candidate needs to sort of put a time frame on that. Like, is that one year? Is that two year? Like, how much time is that worth it to you before then you have to assess, is this still the right pay for me? But there can be a lot to be gleaned from the new position, even if it's not just salary. 100%. Yeah, without a doubt. It depends on your situation. I think it depends on your age, too, and what stage of your career you're at. But that's really worth considering. And for some people, that can be more important than the base salary. I would I would suggest that on average, if you're younger, if you're in your 20s or maybe early 30s, it can be the most important thing, or it, it ought to be the most important thing to consider. What are you learning, and how will that allow you to grow your salary at a much faster rate in the, the latter half of your career? Byron, this has been so helpful. So I'm going to put a link to your website, Career Sidekick, in the show notes. But do you have any parting thoughts that you want to leave our candidates with? One thought that I had is, if in doubt, ask. Uh, as long as you ask professionally and courteously, there's no harm in asking. And I've, I've just encountered so many situations in my life where I've said no to myself, essentially, and where I didn't go pursue something because I told myself no. And quite often when I did decide to ask for it, and finally, those few times that I got up the courage and said, you know what, I am going to ask, I was almost always pleasantly surprised. And a lot of the, quite often I had told myself a story in my head about why I couldn't get this promotion or this raise. And I had even convinced myself that I would have to change companies in order to get more pay. But when I had simply asked, I found that Quite a lot of the time, it was just the story in my head and the 
reality, the external situation was much different. And I had been a lot more pessimistic in my head. So ask, that's the, the main takeaway here to this story, I guess. And I think that's terrific advice. Thank you so much, Byron, for, for sharing your expertise with us. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Okay. Take care. Okay, now it's your turn. We want to hear from you. Let us know what career questions you need help with. Send us an email to info at jobtalkweekly.com or leave us a review and mention the topics you'd like to hear. To learn more about our services or read articles with more career advice, visit our website, jobtalkweekly.com. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next time.